You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 230. Today's case study of the week is the story of one online entrepreneur that 3x their revenue in 12 months. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So, how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now, with over 2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to a Wednesday edition of the Mind Your Business Podcast, where I love to get into the nitty gritty of the specific things that extraordinary entrepreneurs are doing to create extraordinary results in their lives and the lives of their students and clients. And today's episode is no exception. This is my good friend, Sigrin. She's been a member of the Inner Circle Mastermind now, part of my masterminds now for three years. This will be her third year. And to watch her growth in that short amount of time has just been so inspiring, so humbling, and so fun to watch. We're gonna dive into her story. We're gonna dive into how she was able to triple her revenue in one year. And really something that I think is so important that so many people are ignoring. Is this you? Are you ignoring this? About how vital a big vision is to think bigger, to envision bigger and to have something that's so big that scares the crap out of you so much call you forth. And I truly believe that the results she's accomplished in her business are not because she has some secret strategy up her sleeve that you haven't yet to learn out of the 342 courses that you've taken, but because she's got a bigger vision than you and she's not afraid to believe in that vision. But the funny, interesting thing here is that you do have a vision. We all do. You just might not want to look at it. You might want to ignore it. It's like this idea of, you know, when it's cloudy out, we say the sun's not out today. What are you talking about? Yes, it is. It's just covered by clouds. The sun is out. You know, when it's cloudy and it's raining, the sun is still there. What if your vision was still there? Right now, it's just covered in clouds. It's hidden out of view, but it's there. And it's up to us to find it. It's up to us to communicate it, to breathe life into it, and to begin living, breathing, thinking, acting, being, deciding, and operating from that vision now. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode with my dear friend, Sigrin, right now. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, James Wedmore here, and thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Mind Your Business podcast, where I get to showcase extraordinary entrepreneurs doing extraordinary things. Today is no exception. I have my good friend with me, Sigrin, who, do you want to try and say your last name? Because <laughs> I never can. She just goes by Sigrin. Yeah. Sigrin, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. Yeah, good. It's, it's great to have you here. I want to get right into your your story in just a second. We want, I want to dive deep and unpack this great headline of you tripling your revenue in 2017 and what it took to do that, what it took to really scale your business and how quickly you did that. And then what you've been up to recently and what's, what's in the works. I've been just 
I mean, I know I've told you this privately, but it's just been so inspiring and incredible to watch your growth. But I think this is just the beginning. And I think, I think you know that. And so it's just, it's, yeah, Yeah. it's just so awesome. And so before we do that, let's share a little bit about who you are, what do you do and how do you help the people that you help? So I'm Icelandic, which actually seems to matter to my audience because I come from a small island with 350,000 inhabitants. Wow. And I can still make it in the international world. And English is not my native language. I lived in Germany, Switzerland, UK most of my life. I live now in Switzerland, spent also time in Iceland. And before I started my online entrepreneurship, I was a CEO in Iceland for 10 years and running software companies, IT companies. So I knew a thing or two about websites and other stuff, but this online business was a completely new thing for me. Got it. Got it. So the 2017 was the year you tripled revenue. Yeah. But you'd been in that business for how many years at that point? I started 2014, January 2014 and 15, both I had zero revenue and I was kind of on the verge of figuring out what I was actually doing. Mm -hmm. I ignored the fact this was a little bit like in the book Alchemist, where Mm. he's looking for everything like not in his garden, but everywhere else. Go out on this journey. Yeah. 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 And I was on this journey like, oh, should I write travel books? Uh, Should I, uh, you know, do this or that? And I was like, I didn't see business coaching, even if I had been a CEO for 10 years and have MBA from a highly ranked business school. I was like, Oh, oh, I don't know what I should be doing. And it hit me. I was active in some Facebook groups and saw a lot of questions come up. I'm like, I can answer this question. I can answer that question. I can answer that question. And at some point, I put a button on my website. And March 26, 2014, someone bought. What, what is it that you put on your website? One hour business coaching. Wow, that's awesome. So this all started in 2014. This is like five years ago now, almost with just putting up an hour of business coaching on your website. For $180. For $180 for an hour. Yep. Was even that like scary for you? Were you afraid like, oh, what if no one buys or what if they don't like it? Well, I didn't even advertise it. Mm. <laughs> it you just put it there. Yeah. I was like, you know, if someone randomly comes to uh-huh. the website, they could buy. And yeah, one day somebody came. I think it was even just a week after I put the button there. Yeah. And... My second client that bought one hour business coaching, she gave me feedback after the session. She said, Sigrun, this was a test. I'm figuring out who I should work with. And I didn't even have an offer for like a package or long-term coach. I only had this. I had nothing else. And she said, I've bought from four business coaches. You were the cheapest and you delivered the best value. You have to raise your prices. Wow. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. And you have. I have. Yes, substantially. So fa- like, let's just fast forward. I mean, it's, it's always great to like hear the origin story, right? You know, starting out with that. Obviously, we could dive into all this stuff about like all the mistakes you made of, of just putting a little link on your web page for an hour of coaching. <laughs> but you've, <laughs> we can also do the math on like how much that limits your potential when you're still just trading time for dollars and how unscalable that becomes. So obviously to to be able to triple your revenue in 2017, was 2017 the year you hit seven figures as well? 
Yeah. yeah. Boom. Boom. Why don't you take us there and what really changed? Like, where were you at the beginning of the year? What kind of stuff were you doing? And then what did it take to, to triple the revenue? So if I just go very fast, what happened mm-hmm. after that one our business coaching was sold, I realized like six months later, I had to have long packages, yeah. <laughs> and not just sell single hours. And did you raise your prices too? Not just like a, for a more expensive package, but your like hourly rate was more? Yeah, my hourly rate, the last time I sold it, which is several years ago now, was 750. Okay, and I, awesome. was, I was selling it at that rate, uh, Good for you. but I don't sell it anymore. And if I would, it would be yeah. higher than that. But uh, <laughs> towards the end of 2014, I was selling coaching packages six weeks for $1,500. Mm-hmm. And then I started to see, oh, that six weeks is short and you cannot achieve so much. So it went into three months and $3,000. And I was fully booked after doing a series of webinars. I did weekly webinars. Yeah. And it was middle of 2015 that I, you know, kind of like, okay, it's time to offer a group program. I had been kind of playing with the idea. I put like one Facebook post or one email and never followed up. And this time around, I really followed through. I sold two groups of six immediately out. In the middle of the summer, I was actually traveling around Iceland. I got a crappy Wi-Fi connection in a cottage. And just, I felt this sudden urge that I had to do it. And it worked out. And uh, then I started to think, wow, I love this group coaching. I realized I had created a mastermind more than group coaching. Mm. Like I wasn't delivering content necessarily. We were just kind of discussing how to launch and things like that. And from there, I tried three months mastermind, six months, nine months, 10 months. And by 2016, end of 2016, I was selling 12 month mastermind. Yeah. So I had. I had kind of tried it all out and I realized people need longer term programs. What was the price of that one at that time? Um, I was selling three levels of mastermind programs. The lowest level was like 2000 for the year, which sounds like crazy now. Yep. And the highest was probably around 10K, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. And I sold out all my groups and was super happy January 2017, like sold out all my programs, made 240,000 from selling out all the mastermind groups. And I felt really on top of the world, but I realized I couldn't sell anything else. Right. There was nothing else to sell. Yeah. Yeah. And and do you mean that from the standpoint of you had no other products to sell or that there was like no more time of yours to give away or both? I had no other products. Now, Mm -hmm. I have always been very cautious after making some mistakes in the first year of business not to fill my calendar with coaching. So these groups were basically Monday and Tuesday was coaching days and the rest of the week was marketing and other things. So I knew I had time to potentially create something. Well, that's a really great thing I just want to throw out there. What a great, especially for coaches and, you know, people facilitating group programs or masterminds, because this is something I've actually really thought about too, is just designating a day or two of the week to like, here's to the fulfillment of the, the programs. And then the rest of that time is dedicated solely to marketing, because I think it's very easy to, once you fill a program, right? Once you get people in, once you have a quick win, now all of your time is spent fulfilling and we forget and ignore that job of marketing of client attraction of continuing to sell and then your program ends and you haven't been you know tending 
to the soil, tending to the crops, and you've got no one else to film the next round. So that was really good that you that you made those delineations in your calendar. Yeah, I think it was end of 2014 when I realized that my calendar looked like Swiss cheese. <laughs> and I never got anything done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So then I made that hard stop in 2015 to mm -hmm. just have Mondays and Tuesdays and webinar on Wednesdays and, you know, discovery calls on Thursdays and Fridays was no meetings allowed. Good for you. I love yeah. it. So we got to we got to January, the beginning of the year of 2017, and you've had your best. It's been your best year yet. Launch. Best yeah, launch. You best got year yet. 240K sold out. It's like, woohoo. But there yeah. was this like little nagging, but I've got nothing else to sell. Yeah. The year 2016 was 340,000. So mm -hmm. basically every year I had doubled my wow. revenue and I was to 300,000, 340,000. And yeah, I had all these people who had signed up for my launch activities and I felt I was leaving them hanging. And I also felt this thing that you also talk about. I was leaving money on the table. Always. Sure. Sigrun knows, I say it over and over again, you're always leaving money on the table and you can choose to make that a bad thing or you can choose to see that that's a really good thing because sometimes all you got to do is, you know, bend down and pick it up. So I just want to reiterate what you said. So our listeners really got what you just said. She was doing launches. She filled her programs and she just felt another urge, another nudge that, oh my goodness, there's still all these people I'm denying I'm not helping that there's these people that wanted something else for me or even wanted to continue working with her but couldn't because they either couldn't afford it because of the price or the program was sold out is that am I hearing yep. you correctly that's exactly what happened yep so what'd you do <clears throat> well I had been doing weekly webinars since 2014 at some point I stopped because I got a bit tired of it yeah. and we know that webinars is not the holy grail anymore and I had created a membership site that I didn't love and I had actually decided to close it down. I was probably closing it actually down end of 2016, but I had created this massive amount of content and I had kind of learned a lot and created all these webinars. And I was like, there is something there. And for a whole year, the whole year of 2016, I was thinking, what is it? Hmm. I even hired a person to like, is there a curriculum here? And what he came up with was like, uh, I was like, not, I was not feeling it, but it was suddenly, it was like I had prepared, I do it after every launch. I have like a Facebook live or a webinar where I share the launch results because my audience, even if they're not my clients, they're kind of like, oh, Sigrun always shares her numbers and I want to know what's happening. So I had planned a webinar shortly after this launch success. And I felt, okay, I have to have the program. And I'm like, the day before, I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And I'm brainstorming with my team on the morning of my webinar. I was like, <laughs> I got to make an offer. Yes. And I said, okay, I have this membership site. No, I'm not going to do that. And it just came to me. It's my MBA program. And what's the MBA program? Well, I did an MBA myself, 2006 to 2008. Mm -hmm. And I didn't learn much by entrepreneurship. I didn't learn about much about online business. I know maybe isn't it was that, too early to learn isn't about Isn't that funny it. though? Like a lot of people going to business school say the same thing. Yeah. You just learn to work in corporate. Mm -hmm. You don't actually learn to be an entrepreneur. I know it has changed. It's been 10 years. So now there might be MBAs out there that are more entrepreneurial. Sure. But I thought to myself, 
that's what they need. They need right. kind of a curriculum, step-by-step plan. They also need to have access to someone on a regular basis, like be able to ask questions and really just have a, a really, what's the path of building an online business? And since I've been involved in so many businesses and a part of several startups, I, you know, I felt I had, could create that path for them. Yeah. And an hour before the webinar, <laughs> we created a sales page for Sigrun's online MBA. Mm. And 50 people bought. Wow. It was a special price, yeah. uh, $1,000 inaugural class, I called it, not beta program, uh-huh. inaugural class. And they knew there was nothing there. And they were so inspired that several of those people who bought from me, they did exactly the same thing in their businesses a few weeks later. And made a bunch of money as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. So this was kind of the start of creating a more scalable signature program for you. Yeah. Okay. And so this was kind of a soft launch. It was basically the downsell from my mastermind programs, uh, more affordable. Yeah. And I gave them longer access in the end. The first people actually got access for two years because I, you know, they didn't have access to anything in the beginning. And I wanted to have them longer access when actually all the content was created. And in June, I did the first launch. And I was really like, it needs to be a six figure launch. (laughs) And I remember we were like $3,000 away from it when I closed cart. And I'm like, just keep the cart open longer. (laughs) (laughs) Another hour. And then it worked. Yes. Okay. So your first official launch, did you raise the price or did you keep it at 997? I raised it to 1500. 1500. And and then got six figures with it, just over 100K on your first official launch for it. Yeah. That is awesome. And then I did a third launch of course. in uh, September, of course. Yep. Then I had some higher hopes for like 250,000. It ended up being 180,000. Mm-hmm. I tried the new way to launch. I'm, I'm really into webinars and I love webinar launches. And I did like a three-part webinar. Yeah. And uh, that was in terms of conversion rate, not as successful, but it was 180,000. Yeah, so in that year, this was like, you know, over 300,000. For a course that didn't exist but in the beginning. It was just an idea an hour before. And yeah. That's amazing. And so is that what really made the difference, which allowed you to triple revenue in 2017? That was well, the big differentiator. Well, what actually, 2017, I also launched a podcast in August. Okay. So actually in August, my revenue was overall for the year, only 350,000. Only. <laughs> okay, but that's where we were at the year before. So, yes. so what I'm so hearing is... Chief, the previous year. So, so you, we're talking about August. Actually, the 1st of September, I was still at that number. Right. So nine or eight months in, you're yeah. at the same as your 2016, the previous year's revenue. Okay. Yeah. So all the magic happened in the last quarter or two. Yes. So I launched a podcast 2nd of August and not massive download numbers or anything like that, but I do think it helped me a lot with seeding for the next launch, you know, also building up loyalty from clients and then having them share. And then I did a live event. I got that idea actually from you. I saw you were doing live. Yeah. Well, I saw you were doing live events. I said, I'll do a live event too. Why not? Yeah. (laughs) Why not? So I found a startup space, very nice. And it had spots for 90 people. And I thought, oh, that's enough. The tickets sold out. It was fully booked. Like 
I had to immediately book the next live event in January 2018. Wow. Holy cow. I was not expecting that. Yeah. And as I was preparing for the live event, and I'd never done a live event in my life, and I was preparing for the live event, I thought, well, maybe I should sell something. Oh, no, I'm not so sure. <laughs> but then I talked to our mutual friend, Colin, and he said, you're sure you should sell something? Yes. And uh, we hopped on a call for 30 minutes, and I'm like, okay. And we went through the agenda and thought, okay, maybe I can sell my mastermind groups. I thought it was weird, end of September, to sell mastermind groups for 2018. Mm. But mm -hmm. I did. Yep. And I sold for $180,000 in one day. Dang. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Did it even start then? Or it was like, hey, we're going to start in January kind of deal? Yeah. Yeah. They <laughs> had to wait until January. They had to wait till January. Boom. I love it. That's so awesome. So I the rest was basically selling out the groups, but it was so easy sure. because I had sold out my VIP program. So my messaging... I just sent a few emails, especially towards end of the year. I said, well, my VIP sold out five spots less in this group, uh, three spots left in that group. Are you going to grab your spot? Yeah. So all the programs sold out before end of the year. Wow. And that kind of all together made them the million dollars. Nice. Oh, that's so awesome. So just even in those last, what would that be? Three or four months was where you really saw the, like, the big uptick. And actually the million dollars, I wasn't even sure I would make it on the last day. It was so tight. Yeah, you, you hit it on December 31st. Yeah, I was sharing screenshots. <laughs> I remember that. I, yeah, how close you were. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it was stressful. Now, um, now I, and obviously you've grown since then, and, and I want to talk in a moment about what's, what's coming up and all the big stuff mm -hmm. in the, on the horizon for you. But look, come on, let's get real for a second. Like, now that you've hit the million, did you change? Are you a different person now? Like, does it feel different? Or is it just a number? I'm the same person, but I feel I can do more than I thought I could. Okay. Like yeah. I, I believe more in myself and this mm -hmm. big vision that I've been maybe carrying around since yeah. a teenager. There was a part of me maybe not believing I could do it. And sure. now I think anything is possible. And that's what I say to my clients. Anything is possible. Yeah. But having achieved that, that, Yeah. It was not really about the money. Like I did actually write emails to my list and said, this number, it's not about the money. It's about like proving to myself. And as a woman, as you mm -hmm. know, I'm, uh, you know, passionate about gender equality. And I want to show that women can do it and inspiring more women. We need more role models. Yeah. And so that was symbolic in many ways for me. Yeah. No, I get that. That makes that makes a lot of sense. It really does. Before we move forward, I actually want to go back to some things that you brought up because this is the Mind Your Business podcast where some of your best ideas came to you with these like, as you describe them, sudden urges or like these million dollar ideas that just came to you. And I want to just like see if we can investigate that a little bit more. What are these sudden urges? You know, like what do you call this? Like, and is this something now that you look for, you know, these, these, you know what I'm asking, like these hints of, uh, inspiration or intuition. Can you speak to that? Yeah. yeah. I always feel that when I have a great idea, I need to act on it fast. Mm. I need to take some immediate action mm -hmm. to not let it float away again. Got it. It might be brewing for a while. Like this thing about me having all these webinars and I knew there was a 
a higher end program kind of hidden in them. Not that the program is the webinars, no, but that the content and everything, there's more to it. And I just couldn't see it for a whole year. And then boom, it's there. Yeah. And you just trusted it. There was no like, I don't think this is a good idea. What if it doesn't work? You just knew. So it's like, I could just sense there was a lot of confidence behind the, these urges and these ideas, which I think is pretty important. Awesome. So now the like last piece before we wrap up, you know, one of the reasons why I was really inspired to bring you on is because yes, this is all great. Tripling revenue, like all the success that you've had, but also I just think you have such a big vision now. I just know that's going to be, it already is this like giant vacuum force that's just pulling you, calling you forward. And I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about the vision and what that has now put in your future for you. Like what's next, what 2019 is already looking like for you and beyond. Hmm. I want to go back to when I was 16 because that's my why. Mm. I loved making my own clothes and I knew already since 12 years old how to make my own clothes. And when I was 16, I wanted to go further and really kind of, if I would see something on the street or in a fashion magazine, I just wanted to be able to create the pattern myself. And for this purpose, I had to go to a dressmaker's course and it was like an old lady and we went to her house. And I was 16. Mm -hmm. Now, everyone else in the course, we were maybe eight women. They were in their late 40s. And so I just sat there and listening to them talking about their lives. And every one of them had had a dream which they hadn't realized. Mm. Because they got married, because they had kids, because of the job. Who knows what it was. There was like all these reasons, actually excuses, um, <laughs> for them not following their dreams. And I was shocked because Iceland is number one in gender equality in the world. It's been top of the list the last 10 years, and it was still very close back then. And if women in Iceland, well, back then, you know, this is me younger. Sure. I don't think you would meet many Icelandic women today who would say this, but I was not upset at them, but I was upset at society. Right. I became a very strong feminist. I would, if a man would open a door for me, I would wait until it closed again. Okay. <laughs> Good to oh, know. Not, not today, though. Now sure. you have to yeah. keep the door open for me. So, right. yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit milder, but I was a fierce feminist. Like, I think I have to change the world. Mm-hmm. I decided not to have children because of this. Mm. And I also decided I would never let a man, you know, if I would get married, stop me. Yeah. So uh, it really changed me. And I I was 16 years old. So when I started my business, I didn't know that this was the driving force until after I started. I was probably running my business for a year when I suddenly realized this is my mission. Now, I didn't know what to do with it, though, because I wanted I didn't want to go into politics. I wanted to build a business and I wanted to help others build a business. So this has been brewing. And I think the million dollar achieving that has helped me really create that tagline and that bigger mission. So now my mission is accelerating gender equality through female entrepreneurship. Mm. That's awesome. And currently I'm doing it by teaching women how to build, how to start, build and grow and scale businesses. And I want them to think bigger. A lot of women are starting businesses now, but they tend to stay small. That's why the million dollars, again, was important to me. Yeah. I don't want women to think so small and, and stay at the 100,000 mark. I want them to think bigger. 
And you don't have have to have a big team, but I wanted to think bigger and a bigger impact. So I thought to myself, well, my MBA program, that's good, you know, but I have to do more. And so I had been eyeing the idea of doing a bigger event. Now I've done three, 90 people twice and then 200 last time. But my idea was bigger. So a few years ago, they built a concert hall in Iceland. If you can imagine the Sydney Opera House, it's kind of the modern version of the Sydney Opera House at the harbor in Reykjavik, Iceland. And the main hall is what they call themselves, uh, the people running the concert hall, fiercely red. Mm, Perfect. And a seed was planted that one day I would host an event there. Now, this one day was like, oh, yeah, 2025, 2030. But in October, I just booked it. Yes. (laughs) And you booked it for what year? I booked it for 2020. 2020. So I thought to myself, I need several months to kind of get the speakers together mm-hmm. and I need a year to sell the tickets. So yeah. And um, it's um, 1,800 people that fits in the room? 1,600 if you really full it up to the roof. I think it's if the main floor, that's 1,000. So I'm okay. aiming for 1,000 first. Awesome. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. How does it feel right now with it like, what, a year and a half away? It feels still a bit unreal. You know, I'm thinking, well, worst case scenario, I just have to pay for the room and not do it. (laughs) But no, that's not going to happen. I've been telling so many people about it. And I think that is helping me make it more real. Totally. And other women who have uh, large audiences have said, hey, we want to help you fill the room. Like, it's not about me, really. It's about this vision and mission of accelerating gender equality through female entrepreneurship. So highlighting other entrepreneurs and together we'll fill this room. You know, it just brings up a, for me, what's an interesting phenomenon and observation that I've seen time and time again, which is this idea and concept that like the contents will fill the volume of the container. And like a couple years ago, our old house, Chelsea and I lived in a really small little place that had no storage. And so we just lived kind of minimalistically. And then we just got our dream home about a year ago. And it was like, wow, extra bedrooms, extra storage. And we were just like reflecting on this in the past year. Like all that storage has gotten filled up. Like suddenly that we have like no extra like drawers and shelves space. Like how did that happen? And I've seen this time and time again. You see this with like restaurants that get to a bigger venue and all of a sudden they like, you know, double the tables means like double the amount of people come in. There's a phenomenon with traffic psychology, especially focused on in Southern California, because the traffic's just horrendous, is the strategy of doubling the amount of lanes in a freeway doesn't actually reduce traffic because more lanes means up more volume, more cars are going to come in. And the the traffic has stayed the same, even with more lanes. It's just a very interesting phenomenon. And so I always love doing things like this where it's like, create the container and trust that the volume is going to fill the space of the container because it's law. It just is. Mm. It just is. You know, if you want to have a 100 person event, get a room that fits a hundred people. But if you're going to go big, like Sigrun does, and she's inviting you to go big too, get the container that fills yeah. the 18, 1600 people. <sighs> Love it. I absolutely trust it. Uh, yeah. There's like, not even doubting it will happen yeah 
Yeah. It's not like doubting it's going to do anything. What, what, yeah. what is doubting it going to even do? You know, except push away more people from joining. Because if you're speaking about this, this event and your vision from a place of doubt, you're not going to inspire anybody to want to come. So doubt is just, no. just hurting you anyways if you do it. So that's great. No, now I'm just thinking like, okay, do I have to do this annually or do I do it every second year? Like I'm already thinking what happens after the event, because mm-hmm. if I really want to accelerate gender equality, it cannot just be one event. But yeah. I think it's more like a, a milestone mm-hmm. for what's coming after totally. that. Totally. Absolutely. And you got a book as well? Yeah. The plan is to write a book in 2019 mm-hmm. and obviously on female entrepreneurship yep. and then have some of those guests on the stage, of course. Yeah. So the contributors of the book will be speakers on the stage. Yeah. That's I love the idea. It. I love it. This is awesome, Sigrun. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for taking the time. Any final words, any other thoughts coming up for you in order to really like just complete this episode i think just going for it like i think there are so many doubts you can have about things not working out and there's a saying in icelandic it will work out wait can i try and say that how how do you do that again (laughs) no way there's no way i could say that which means it will work out it will work out if you would come to a building site, mm-hmm. let's say of a shopping mall in Iceland, and they're opening up the next day, you would not believe it's opening the next day. Wow. Because it's all half finished. Yeah. Go there the next morning, 10 a.m., everything is finished. Unbelievable. It works out. And so it's in the genes yeah. to believe that it will work out. And that has really helped me in my entrepreneurship. And this is what I communicate to my audience that anything is possible yes you just need to believe it and it always works out and yeah. it always works out that's awesome well thank you so much sigrin where can we learn more about you stalk you online and learn more about your event so sigrin.com is my website there's nothing about the event yet but soon there will be soon Awesome. Thank you, Sigrun. And thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mind Your Business podcast. We'll see y'all on the next episode. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I wanna show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be, so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is, this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate, and we can get started right now.